evening. Um, today is July 11th, 2018, and this is the 62nd MRE podcast. So I made that same mistake again. I flashed our guest already. Um, that was my mistake. But I uh, really want to welcome you guys to today's live stream. You are in for a treat. Um, I know we had a lot of positive feedback when there's another guest uh, than just me talking and reading. It's more, yeah, there's a lot more interaction and conversation. So I'm really looking forward to today's reading scripture, continuing reading through Exodus. Uh, it was great to uh, read through eight chapters on Monday with Joseph. And now, today, I want to introduce you guys to our guest, and I will let him uh, say hello and introduce himself. So here is Samuel Lee. Thanks for having me in your podcast. Um, oh, you want me to introduce myself, right? Yeah, yeah. Welcome. Welcome yeah, to the podcast. Yeah, my name is Samuel Lee. Um I am a rising senior at Wheaton College. <laughs> I am one of uh, one of Steph's many disciples. <laughs> I go to Wellspring. Yes. Um, we we meet up every week, uh, have Bible study, and I've just been so grateful um, just to have Steph uh, be so intentional in reaching out to us. And yeah, so excited to be here. Yes, thank you so much for joining us, especially because. Uh, he's from the eastern side, which it's pretty late. It's actually 10 p.m. And so thanks for joining. And uh, yeah, it's been so good. Like what Samuel said, it's been so good to walk with these uh, men, men of God that are growing in their faith and sharing their lives with me. It's such a privilege. And uh, I know I asked Joseph this question. Uh, why did you say yes to doing this, this thing that I asked you guys to do, reading scripture together? Just curious. Oh, partly it's because uh, it's really hard to say no to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's has good. That's thing good. Where, like, he just radiates this positive energy. So, like, his enthusiasm kind of, like, spreads to us, you know? Like, oh, man. And, and in the moment, we all thought, it, I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad idea. Right, but right. We all, in the moment, we were all just, like, super enthusiastic. We're like, oh, man, like, you know, reading the Bible, like, every day in the yeah. summer, it's going to be great. You know, we can all take turns. But this is, like, my first time doing it with you. Right. Um, the whole summer, and it's, like, the middle of July. And, yeah. uh <laughs> It's been kind of hard to like match the schedules too because like yes. our lives are so busy now. Yes. Um, yeah. 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 I always joked around saying like Steph could be a, probably a good car salesman. <laughs> it's probably true. It's probably true. Uh, I, because, you know, a lot of the pastors who stop their ministry usually goes into insurance sale or car sale. So there's probably some overlaps actually with skills. <laughs> okay. I had no idea about that. I, I, I won't. Yeah. I, I won't, I won't be uh, persuading in that way, like manipulating, you know, I think that's the sad part about car salesmen. Um, well, uh, let's get started. I'm going to pray for us. I'm really looking forward to uh, what God is in store for us uh, in his word. So let me pray. Father, we are grateful um, to read your word, but also just a joy to do this together. I'm really grateful for Samuel in my life, ways that he challenges me, ways that he pushes me to the next level as well. 
uh, it's been so good to just sharpen one another as iron sharpens uh, iron. And so, God, thank you for the community that you have given us. And as we read through your word, uh, help us to not just know more about you, but help us to uh, know you personally, that it's not just talking about you, but that we see your life uh, and who you are reflected in our lives. So God, open our eyes and open our hearts as we dive into your word. And even those who are listening to this afterwards, may they be encouraged by your spirit and by the truth. So we love you. We thank you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm. Well, uh, I can kick us off. We're in Exodus chapter 9 now. Uh, We just wrapped up. Uh, fourth plague, which is flies, uh, last, um, this past Monday. And so now we're going to the fifth plague as Pharaoh is not letting God's people go. And Moses keeps saying, let our people go. Otherwise there's going to be more calamity, clamor, calamities. Uh, and actually we saw that, uh, in earlier in Exodus that Moses actually told Pharaoh that eventually uh, if you don't let God's son, Israelites, his, his first son, which is the Israelites, go, then God's going to take away the first sons of Egypt. And so mm-hmm. it's been already kind of, the, the end result has kind of been told, but Pharaoh is hardening his heart and also God is hardening his heart. And we, we which mm. we talked about on Monday, you know, how is that possible? So is God controlling? Is is Pharaoh making decisions? And we said it's both, you know, the the sovereignty of God the, the uh, and also the free will happening at the same time because they both exist. Right. So with that, uh, chapter nine, here we go. <clears throat> then the Lord said to Moses, go into Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, let my people go that they may serve me for if you refuse to let them go and still hold them behold the hand of the lord will fall with a very severe plague upon your livestock that are in the field the horses the donkeys the camels the herds the flocks but the lord will make a distinction between the livestock of israel and the livestock of egypt so that nothing of all that belongs to the people of Israel shall die. And the Lord set a time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. And the next day the Lord did this thing. All the livestock of the Egyptians died, but not one of the livestock of the people of Israel died. And Pharaoh sent, and behold, not one of the livestock of Israel was dead. But the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people go. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take handfuls of soot from the kiln, and let Moses throw them in the air in the sight of Pharaoh. It shall become fine dust over all the land of Egypt, and become boils breaking out in sores on man and beasts throughout all the land of Egypt. So they took soot from the kiln and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses threw it in the air, and it became boils breaking out in sores on man and beast. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for the boils came upon the magicians and upon all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he did not listen to them as the Lord has spoken to Moses." 
Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise up early in the morning and present yourself before Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of Hebrews, Let my people go that they, that they may serve me. For this time I will send all my plagues on you yourself and on your servants and your people, so that you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. For by now I could have put out my hand and struck you and your people you people with pestilence and you would have been cut off from the earth but for this purpose i have raised you up to show you my power so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth you are still exalting yourself against my people will not let them go behold about this time tomorrow i will cause very heavy hail to fall such as never has been in egypt from the day it was founded until now now therefore send, get your livestock and all that you have in the field into safe shelter for every man and beast that is in the field and is not brought home will die when the hail falls on them. Then whoever feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh hurried his slaves and his livestock into the houses. But whoever did not pay attention to the word of the Lord left his slaves and his livestock in the field. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven, so that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt, on man and beast and every plant on the field in the land of Egypt. Then Moses stretched out his staff toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and fire ran down to the earth, and the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. There was hail and fire flashing continually in the midst of the hail, very heavy hail, such as never been in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. The hail struck down everything that was in the field in the, all the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and the hail struck down every plant on the field, broke every tree on the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the people of Israel were, was there no hail. Then Pharaoh sent and called Moses and Aaron and said to them, This time I've sinned, the Lord is in the right, and I and my people are in the wrong. Plead with the Lord, for there has been enough of God's thunder and hail. I will let you go, and you shall stay no longer. Moses said to him, As soon as I have gone out of the city, I will stretch out my hands to the Lord. The thunder will cease, and there will be no more hail, so that you may know that the, the earth is the Lord's. But as for you and your servants, I know that you do not yet fear the Lord. The flax and the barley were struck down, for the barley was in the year, and the flax was in bud. But the wheat and the emmer were not struck down, for they are late in upcoming, coming up. So Moses went out of the city from Pharaoh and stretched out his hands to the Lord, and thunder and hail ceased, and the rain no longer poured upon the earth. But when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunder had ceased, he sinned yet again and hardened his heart he and his servants. So the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people of Israel go, just as the Lord had spoken through Moses. Wow, it, I, you know, I found it so interesting uh, when it said that some of the servants and the slaves feared the Lord, the word of the Lord, and actually went in. Mm -hmm. um, and so I never caught that. Like, I thought it was just Pharaoh and like the magicians fighting and all the people are rebellious but like in this process some people are actually fearing god uh and they are uh, responding they're actually listening you know right it's interesting hmm. right um 
like what I kind of read from this passage was um, verse 15. Yeah. Um, or I mean, verse 16 for, for this purpose, I have raised you up to yeah. show you my power so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. Um, it just kind of shows that like, no matter what happens, nothing goes uh, against God's yeah. will yeah. and that he's sovereign over everything. And that's something that our finite minds can't really comprehend because right. well, in the passages like after that, it shows like God was the one that hardened Pharaoh's heart and right. somehow like in his sovereignty, Pharaoh is still held like culpable for his, uh, for his actions and how he, views like the world so it's something that i don't know i think like many christians struggle yeah. with and it's just something that we're gonna have to like ask god about in heaven yeah yeah right because it's not just oh something that i wanted didn't happen but sometimes it's real hard issue uh you know i have a friend who's dealing with uh a child who was born with uh illness and that mm. is leading to uh yeah different issues and medical issues right mm -hmm. like to that do you say okay god ordained it but that's like really hard right to right. reconcile sometimes so um yeah and so when you talk about that i was also thinking about just like man but pharaoh was keep denying especially mm. when the trial was over like right right like he wasn't really <laughs> sad about what he's done he was just sad about like the consequences of his actions you know um, right and then people people say well you know if god is sovereign over everything like isn't he responsible well to be honest like pharaoh wasn't an exactly an innocent man either right, um, right. he was a brutal monarch who was probably yes. responsible for like the death of many I don't right. say millions but hundreds of thousands oh, of yeah. male babies oh yeah um and that god basically used this evil person to glorify himself right um, right like him hardening pharaoh's heart wasn't like it was pharaoh's already hard hardness yeah that God kind of just like pushed forward. Yeah. If that makes any sense. I think so. I think that's the, the, the struggle of paradox of like God's sovereignty and also Pharaoh's action in this, you know? So yeah, it's, it's really hard to wrap our minds around it, but it coexists, co you know? So chapter 10. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, then the Lord said to Moses, go into Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I may show these signs of mine among them, and that you may tell in the heart, hearing of your son and of your grandson how I have dealt harshly with the Egyptians and what signs I have done among them, that you may know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron went into the Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, how long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go that you may serve me. For if you refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts into your country, and they shall cover the face of the land so that no one can see the land. And they shall eat what is left to you after the hail. They shall eat every tree of yours that grows in the field, and they shall fill your houses and the houses of all your servants 
and of all the Egyptians, as neither your fathers nor your grandfathers have seen, from the day they came on earth to this day. Then he turned and went out from Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh's servant said to him, How long shall this man be a snare to us? Let the men go, and they may serve the Lord their God. Do not yet understand that Egypt is ruined? So Moses and Aaron were brought back to Pharaoh, and he said to them, Go serve the Lord your God, but which ones are to go? Moses said, We will go with our young and our old. We will go with our sons and daughters and with our flocks and herds, for we must hold a feast to the Lord. But he said to them, The Lord be with you, if ever I let you and your little ones go. Look, you have some evil purpose in mind. No, go, the men among you, and serve the Lord, for that is what you are asking. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts, so that you may come upon the land of Egypt and eat every plant in the land, all that the hail has left. So Moses stretched out his staff over the land of Egypt, and the Lord brought an east wind upon the land all that day and all that night. When it was morning, the east wind had brought the locusts. The locusts came up over all the land of Egypt and settled on the whole country of Egypt such a dense swarm of locusts as had never been before nor ever will be again. They covered the face of the whole land so that the land was darkened, and they ate all the plants in the land and all the fruit of the trees in the hill had left. Not a green thing remained, neither tree nor plant of the field through all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh hastily called Moses and Aaron and said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now therefore forgive my sin, please only this once, and plead with the Lord your God, only to remove this death from me. So he went out from Pharaoh and pleaded with the Lord, and the Lord turned the wind into a very strong west wind, which lifted the locusts and drove them into the Red Sea. Not a single locust was left in all the country of Egypt, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the people of Israel go. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, the darkness to be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven, and there was a pitch darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days. But all the people of Israel had light where they lived. Then Pharaoh called Moses and said, Go, sir, the Lord. Your little ones also may go with you. Only let your flocks and your herd remain behind. Moses said, You must also let us have sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Our livestock also must go with us. Not a hoof shall be left behind, for we must take of them to serve the Lord our God, and we do not know with what we must serve the Lord until we arrive there. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let them go. Then Pharaoh said to him, Get away from me. Take care never to see my face again. For on the day you see my face, you shall die. Moses said, as you say, I will not see your face. Interesting. Yeah, I, you know, at first, Samuel, I was like, it seems like Pharaoh is warming up. His heart is kind of mm -hmm. warming up, right? He's, he's keep letting them, or like he's okay with the more demand that Moses is kind of making. Mm-hmm. But once again, I don't know how to take that last verse, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's hearts uh, on t verse 20, and then again, verse 
27, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. Like why towards the end there's more hardening of the heart, you know? Hmm. Well, I don't even know if, you know, his repentance was genuine. Uh, True. It appeared rather superficial to me, okay. especially um, after, well, he wanted to strike a deal yeah. <laughs> with God. There is some, um, when, yeah. When Moses demanded to let Israel go, he's like, um, you'd like leave your herd. Yeah. behind like he wanted to end it on his terms yeah. um and if he was actually like had a repentful heart would he have done that i, right. I wouldn't think so and it's just like a ongoing pattern that i see yeah is it is it really god who is making him say that um which i i mean i'm sure it is um i, I don't mean to come off sure that no, way that's good but i'm saying is it the natural like disposition of like Pharaoh's heart to begin with that yeah. God is just exacerbating further for right. the sake of revealing his glory rather than, I don't know, a good analogy that like I can think of right now is if you were telling me like not to eat a cupcake. Right. Right. And I reach for it because you lead me on to reach to eat the cupcake and right, slapping right. me for it. Like that's completely different. Um, I don't know if it's that or the one that I, suggested before no i i like i like that i really appreciate your perspective because i know i think i'm more i could be more giving the benefit of doubt right um mm -hmm. but i think you're right there is a pattern uh pharaoh is wanting he's trying to manipulate god thinking that he can mm -hmm. and to be fair god could have easily not done the 10 plagues you know what i'm saying he could have just take them out you know killed mm -hmm. all egyptians but we've seen already that God's glory is being revealed. Some of the Egyptians are believing that the Yahweh is something, someone different in the, the uh, theocracy the, society. Is that, that the word? Theocratic. Theocratic, Theo theocratic society, right? Because they, they know there's a God. Like mm -hmm. they all believe in some sort of God. So, yeah. So perhaps, uh, and there's deeper meaning behind each plagues, right? There's a reason why there's uh, uh, these plagues and how they're, uh, what is it, like progressing, mm. which we don't have to get into a Bible study right now. But, you know, um, yeah. so you're right. I think there is a, a greater purpose behind each one. Um, right. And, and through the plagues, uh, some of, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm sure that non-Israelites actually came to the Lord too. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and going back with what we were talking about before, if like, you know, when Pharaoh was trying to bargain with God, right? He, it's almost as if he just wanted relief, yeah, um, from the consequences of his sin. <laughs> yeah. And like the moment he got that, he like totally went back to, you know, sinning even more. And that's superficial, right? It's it's like, oh, now that the grass is greener, I'm I'm gonna miss the Israelites who's working for me. You know, it's like. Oh shoot! Yeah. <laughs> now that I'm comfortable, uh, I, I want more. It's a greed behind it too. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, Samuel. And um, I mean, we talked briefly on Monday too, but pretty much each plague is also casting down uh, their their known gods. So oh right, right, right. They had like God of locusts or God of you know all these things. Did they really? I think so. They have all these like. There's a meaning behind each one. 
and the god of locusts. Yeah, and liter or like you know barley right. harvest. I'm sure like it, fertility. Yeah, exactly. Harvest and yeah. all these things are getting strict. Like yeah, just no match against God. <laughs> so. Correct me if I'm wrong, but sure. they, the Egyptians believed the Nile was its own. Yeah, that's God, it. right? Okay, turning that, that to sense. blood, right? Yep. Nile had a lot of gods in there. Yeah. All right, the final plague. Oh, I'm so sorry. My chapter is so short, and then your chapter is really long. <laughs> you did this intentionally. I didn't know. I didn't know. Uh, chapter 11. The Lord said to Moses, Yet one plague more I will bring upon Pharaoh up and upon Egypt. Afterward, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will drive you away completely. Speak now in the heart. A hearing of the people that they ask every man of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor for silver and gold jewelry and the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of Egyptians moreover the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people so Moses said to I said thus says the Lord about midnight I will go out in the midst of Egypt and every firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the slave girl who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the cattle. There shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there has never been nor ever will be again. But not a dog shall growl against any of the people of Israel, either man or beast, that you may know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. And all these your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me, saying, Get out, you and all the people who follow you. And after that, I will go out. And he went out from Pharaoh in hot anger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not listen to you, that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the people of Israel go out of his land. Hmm. The final. And I'm starting to feel sorry for Pharaoh. Right, a little bit. <laughs> the final plague threatened. That's the title hmm. of ESV. Um. Yeah. This. This is. Uh, this gets kind of scary. You know, towards the yeah. end. Uh, but in this place, the Passover comes, which uh, you're going to be reading. So, yeah, let's get to the 10th plague and maybe we can talk a little bit more. The Passover. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, Every man shall take a lamb, according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons. According to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, 
roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted, its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on all the goods of Egypt I will ex execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord. Throughout your generations, as a statute forever, you shall keep it as a feast. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leaven out of your houses, for if anyone eats what is leavened from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. On the first day... You shall hold a holy assembly, and on the seventh day a holy assembly. No work shall be done on those days, but what everyone needs to eat, that alone may be prepared by you. And you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, for on this very day I brought you, I brought your hosts out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, you shall observe this day throughout your generations as a statute forever. In the first month, from the fourteenth day of the month, at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month at evening. For seven days, no leaven is to be found in your house. If anyone eats what is leavened, that person will be cut off from the congregation of Israel. Whether he's a sojourner or a native of the land, you shall eat nothing leavened. In all your dwelling places, you shall eat unleavened bread. Then Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and select lambs for yourselves according to your clans and kill the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop yourselves according to your clans. Uh, take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and touch the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. None of you shall go out of the door of this house until the morning for the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to enter your house to strike you. You shall observe this right as a statute for you and for your sons forever. And when you come to the land that the Lord will give you, as he has promised, you shall keep the service. And when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? You shall say, it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, for he passed over the houses of the people of Israel and Egypt. When he struck the Egyptians, but spared our houses. And the people bowed their heads and worshipped. Then the people of Israel went and did so, as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. And so they did. At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of the livestock. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where someone was not dead. Then he summoned Moses and Aaron by night and said, Up, go out from among my people, both you and the people of Israel, 
and go. Serve the Lord as you have said. Take your flocks and your herds as you have said, and be gone. And bless me also. Let's pause right there. And then I can I can finish reading the rest. That's a long chapter, but wow. Um I I, I wasn't I wasn't really thinking about Pharaoh like what we're talking about. I was actually more fascinated by the Passover. And I couldn't stop thinking about just how amazingly parallel to Jesus and what he has done. But that's <laughs> going out of context a little bit. Um, but it's it's fascinating kind of the significance of this day and why it was such a big deal for the Israelites. Um, and even the instruction uh, I'm really curious to go back and study like what are the significance of like I I didn't know that you were supposed to eat the whole thing like the even inner parts you know right <laughs> or burn it if you can't eat it by the morning right like what, what was the what was so important about eating it unleavened for the Israelites right yeah oh um I think that goes back to manna does it um, I'm I should, not entirely sure. I should know this. Um, yeah, something about like it's something about haste, hastiness, hmm. like because you can't even put a yeast to let it like rise. Right. So like every and I don't understand. I don't know the significance of they have to wear sandals on the ground, <laughs> hold a staff, and like you know What's like going on? So yeah, a belt fasten. So like there's a hastiness of it. Uh-huh. Uh, God is coming. He's coming uh, with vengeance, with a destroyer. You know, yeah. There's a lot happening here uh, with right. that and unleavened bread too. And I heard it's like bitter too. So even in the future, when they eat unleavened bread, like it's bitter and it's gonna r- remind you, <laughs> kind of. You don't want to enjoy what you eat, no. right? Because God doesn't want you to be happy. No, 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 no. <laughs> like but yeah, there's a lot here, huh? Right, but when I was, uh, I couldn't help but remember, like, for this final plague, yeah. um, the firstborn for all the Egyptians were yeah. smitten, and all those Israelites who followed, like, God decrees were spared. Yeah. Um, like, we must acknowledge that God had almost every right to smite the firstborn of Egypt, even though it seems terrible. Yeah, you know, to kill all these like newborn babies who have yeah. yet to sin, right? But then it's it's almost a, a reversal of like what Pharaoh has done before. Yeah. yeah. Um, is that like a weird way of looking at things? No, I think there's an irony. There's an irony for sure, like you said. Um, and for me, I I always try to think about justice, mm. because the truth is that or at least what we believe is that yeah jesus is coming again right and same thing's gonna happen everyone's gonna be judged right um and we're all gonna fall short of god's glory and Mm. there's gonna be there's gonna be a judgment that's gonna not gonna be pretty um and the difference gonna be yeah in here the passover right the fact that they believed and put the blood of the sacrifice for us is that we're marked by Christ's blood. And so did Israelites earn it? And absolutely not, right? They're I'm pretty sure they're still sinful in, in many different ways. 
and so i think that's where yeah but still like you said justice is such a hard concept uh <laughs> right because we have sure. broken justice system so what's fair it's such a hard question <laughs> right right i mean um are you right what, like what you said before like the firstborn of the israelites were spared not because of their merit but yeah. solely because of like god's grace yeah and that in itself was um like a, a, I, i've heard it from someone like it's a sim, it was symbolic in yeah. a way where like god redeemed yeah um israel to be like be his own right um and that every firstborn belonged to god from that point on and um like this would be a good story um, that they could tell to like the next generations through like the right. Passover. Right. Yeah, and as you say that, I just I just got a flashback of Genesis because when I was reading through it um, in the last I think six episodes or something, I was just appalled by how messed up the patriarchs were, starting from Abraham to Isaac, <laughs> Jacob. Oh right, right. There's there's so many messed up stories in Genesis. I was just like, this is God's people, you know, like. Like I didn't learn this in Sunday school. <laughs> exactly. We skipped over those details. <laughs> All right. So yeah, you're exactly right. Like just uh, it's God's grace and mercy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, here's the Exodus, and then I think we're gonna get to chapter 13. Looking at the time, perhaps even 14. Um, the Egyptians were urgent with people to send them out of the land in haste for they said we shall all be dead so the people took their dough before it was leavened their kneading bowls being bound up in their cloaks on their shoulders the people of israel had also done uh, as moses told them for they had asked the egyptians for silver and gold jewelry for clothing and the lord had given the people favor in the sight of the egyptians so that they let them have what they asked does they plunder the Egyptians and the people of Israel journey from Rameses to Scoth about 600,000 men on foot besides women and children a mixed multitude also went up with them and very much livestock both flocks and herds and they baked unleavened cakes of the dough that they had brought out of Egypt for it was not leavened because they were thrust out of Egypt and could not wait, nor had they prepared any provisions for themselves. The time that the people of Israel lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of, end of 430 years, on that very day, all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It was a night of watching by the Lord to bring them out of the land of Egypt. So this same night is at uh, a night of watching kept to the Lord by all the people of Israel throughout their generations. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, This is the statute of the Passover. No foreigner shall eat of it, but every slave that is brought for money or bought for money may eat of it after you have circumcised him. No foreigner or hired worker may eat of it. It shall be eaten in one house. You shall not take uh, any of the flesh outside the house, and you shall not break any of its bones and all the congregation of israel shall keep it if a stranger shall sojourn with you and would keep the passover to the lord let all his males be circumcised then he may come near it and keep it he shall be as a native of the land but no circumcised person shall eat of it 
Oh, I'm sorry. No uncircumcised person shall eat of it. There shall be one law for the native and for the stranger who sojourns among you. All the people of Israel did just as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. And on that very day, the Lord brought the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their hosts. Wow. Um, man, I, I love... I love the parts about sojourners and strangers, how they can partake in it with circumcision. Like it mm. wasn't just safe for the Israelites. They could be, they could have faith and have the mark of the covenant, which is circumcision and partake in the Passover, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's not the narrative that we hear, um, even in current issues, you know, with immigration and things like that. It's like all about protecting and, you know, it's Keeping like the borders yeah. closed, yeah. And it's yeah, it's so sad. Uh I can keep going actually. Uh and then maybe yeah, I think we can get to chap chapter fourteen. Chapter thirteen. The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast, is mine. Then Moses said to the people, remember the state in which you came out of uh, Egypt, out of the house of slavery. For by a strong hand, the Lord brought you out from this place. No leavened bread shall be eaten. Today in the month of Abib, you are going out. And when the Lord brings you into the land of Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Hivites, and Jebusites, which he swore to your father to give you a land flowing with milk and honey, you shall keep this service in this month. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day there shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten for seven days. No leavened bread shall be seen with you, and no leaven shall be seen with you in all your territory. You shall tell your son on that day, it is because what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. It shall be to you as a sign on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes, that the law of the Lord may be in your mouth. For with the strong hand of Lord of the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. You shall therefore keep the statute statutes at its appointed time from year to year. When the Lord brings you into the land of Canaanites, as he swore to you and your fathers and shall give it to you, you shall set apart to the Lord all that first opens the womb. All the firstborn of your animals that are males shall be lords. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. Or if you will not redeem it with with uh, redeeming you shall break its neck every firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem and when it is time to come uh, your son it's time to come your son ask you what does this mean you shall say to him by a strong hand the lord brought us out of egypt from the house of slavery for when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of animals. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that first opened the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. It shall be as a mark on your hand or uh, frontlets between your eyes, for by a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not God did not lead them by the way of the land of Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led people around by the way of wilderness toward the Red Sea. 
And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt, equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. And they moved on from Succoth and encamped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by the day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from the people before the people. Wow. Um, there's so much reference here that I'm curious to uh, study for the future, but... Yeah, the unleavened bread, the consecration of the firstborn. What does consecration mean? Uh, make it holy. So they, you know, and this is this is where I think. Oh, I'm sorry, they didn't use the word consecration, or did it? Did they? Did they? Did they say? Yeah, it's oh, the, you're the right. Consecration of the firstborn. Okay. I had no idea what that meant. Yeah. So um, back then they believed that, and so this is where. I'm trying to understand because the laws were not given yet, you know? Right. But pretty much they believe that things became unholy by touching. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So that's why the whole consecration process required like washing with the sacrifice blood and uh, they have ceremonial uh, washings. Um, and also they, but they also believe that if something was, made holy by prayer and sacrifice and mm -hmm. if that holiness touched unholy thing like it will become holy hmm. so not only things could become unholy right because like if if i'm unholy i touch someone that becomes unholy but if like a sacrifice and things like that if that was holy it would yeah make things consecrated wasn't there something similar um, in Isaiah's vision when he was before the throne of God and oh, yeah. he said he was touched by an angel like with a burning coal and yes. all of his impurities were cleansed? Right. Because that thing was pure and then it's just... Right. right. So, yeah. I mean, to me, it sounded like God wanted to make sure that uh, people knew that the credit belonged to him, perhaps. Uh, Maybe right. the first fruit when they get into the Canaanites they, or Canaan, they, um, they're supposed to dedicate that. Kind of like tithing, perhaps. Uh, Maybe it's right. setting up for tithing. I think this is where it all started. Yeah. I guess. Um, like what you get from like your works doesn't belong to you it'll only you've only received it because like god allowed you to receive it right you know? exactly um and that's like why my parents are so adamant about me like tithing yeah every week like habitually because if i don't do it now and set the habit to do so right like because we are so like <laughs> predispositioned to like, yeah. look out for ourselves we, we want to keep it you know like right, why would right. god care about me uh giving him $30 a week, you know, like it's so trivial, but in reality, it's like, it, it really works the heart. Yeah. I guess. Um, and I'm telling you, Samuel, it, it gets harder because naturally 
and hopefully the lord is going to give you more and more and the, <laughs> hopefully and the temptation to do temp because 10 percent begins be, becomes a lot more <laughs> even right. even as i got married and we have double income i was just like whoa like when i was doing taxes i'm like man if we didn't do to find loopholes. <laughs> no no like if we didn't do 10 percent, like we could pay for this and that you know like yeah. uh so i think i'm thankful that my parents also like they they taught us early every time we got a gift uh like even from sebeton which is uh uh during new year you bow down and you get money from they make yeah they say hey you have to give 10 percent to that even there's a gift i want you to learn from early so right and it's kind of like i don't know i don't want to be like sidetracked or anything but yeah like when you <laughs> when you really like love someone oh yeah um, you you want to give them more exactly you know like their happiness becomes yours and you know it, <laughs> like i know maybe the first stages or hopefully even now <laughs> yeah, um, yeah your marriage with like mika like you wouldn't have minded spending a small fortune right like your entire paycheck on a gift that she was probably like, eyeing in the corner of like some thrift store or something <laughs> or a mall because like you know it would bring her joy yeah um, yeah absolutely and, and and if like if you or me you know saying like if i had a girlfriend and i'd be so willing to do that like why can't i do that with like god right when i say he is my treasure or right it's like my highest delight it's yeah it doesn't make sense right um, right i mean that's what jesus says where where your treasure is that's where your heart is you know and so it's so true uh when we look into our finance it actually tells you what our hearts where, where it's at um and it, it could become a, a mammoth which is god like either you serve god or you serve money so right well it's nine fifty-one, and uh we've been we've been live for 52 minutes um, that's, that's crazy crazy time flies um and i think yeah let's let's stop right here uh for me i it's really never about uh quantity like i'm not about just trying to get through the whole thing but yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh but i really enjoyed it uh samuel thank you thank you for yeah. sharing I, I i think i'm just re um my reflection as i do this is like this process is so much better i mean not that reading scripture alone is bad or anything i mean that's that's also good um but i really enjoy being able to process and i i feel like even i i get more out of it which tells me that again our faith is never meant to be done alone like even understanding scripture or uh sharing things so Mm. yeah for me that i'm keep coming back to that because i i really enjoyed it on monday with joseph um mm -hmm. i'm really i again once really enjoyed it with you samuel um oh, thanks but yeah how about you what are some things that maybe you're taking away thoughts about even passages or yeah i mean for starters i think reading the old testament is really difficult yeah <laughs> I, I just don't like reading it if i were to be honest because right. there's so many things that I, I just don't get like right. I feel, yeah. uh, like these like uh, li 
Levitical yeah. like, purity rules, like Oof. unleavened bread. Like you need to do all these things to be part of the the community of the Israelites. Like yeah. I, I, I just can't wrap my mind around that, um, right. given the context that I'm living in. Yes. Um, yeah. So I guess having someone to read this with and knowing that they have similar questions as I do, yeah. kind of helps me feel like hey, I'm not alone. Yeah. Um, and, really and it's always good. I guess it's always good to. Uh, like make an effort to read the Bible from cover to cover. Yeah. Um, yes. Even even though you you fail, I think it's that effort counts a lot. Right. Because if like if anybody asked you, um, like, do you like really believe um, in the Bible? And I want to look them straight in the eyes and say, yes, I've read every word in the Bible and right. believe everything that is said rather than saying like, hey, I've listened to my mom and dad, you know, right. in Sunday school and they told me stories. So like, I believe because they believe like that's not faith. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to be that person. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. That's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to. I, I don't think I ever read cover to cover. I think I read all the books in the Bible. Um mm-hmm. But it's been it's been really good to read through the whole New Testament and now I'm reading the Old Testament. And once again, like I'm I'm beginning to see a lot of the parallels. Mm-hmm. And even in my head, it's creating almost like a meta meta narrative. So even what when do you I, mean by that? Yeah, so like a whole drama of God, perhaps like a. Uh, let me use Lego pieces. Okay, so do you know that plate Lego plate that you put down? Uh, I, I think so. To I like, think I know what you're talking yeah, about, the, like the foundation piece. Yeah, yeah, the thin sheet. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was missing that. So I had a lot of Lego pieces that are like made. Yeah. But it was hard for me to put them into the whole plate to make a whole city or something. Hey, that was a good visual. <laughs> no, did, I'm not okay. joking. That, that really helped me, yeah. Yeah, so. Good illustration. Thank you. Yeah, so it's been really cool. Like I feel like the foundation getting built and now I can uh, put different pieces like Isaiah in it, or I could put Psalms in it, and then it it becomes a whole like a whole piece. Yeah, I, I know the Pentateuch's in chronological order, but what about everything else in the Old Testament? Uh, some are some are a little off from the Hebrew Bible. So like Ruth is actually it okay. it comes after Proverbs, uh, versus the English Bible, the the canon that we have. It comes. Uh, before, after mm-hmm. Second Kings, no, uh, before the Kings, right? Yeah, yeah. Ruth comes right before the Kings, after the Judges. So yeah, um, and then for sure, it's not in uh, chronological order. It's not even. Is it uh, not? It's not I thought the that... prophecies and all that. Oh right, because I know Job. We have no idea right where to put it. Yep. Yeah. Even Ruth, that's the question, right? So they don't know where to put it. I like putting it after Proverbs because it's I think it's a wisdom literature. There's a lot of connection to that, but yeah, a lot of different debates on that, but despite of cover to cover or not, uh yeah, it's been giving me some meta narrative, meta meta. <laughs> That sounds so Dota. Yeah, that sounds so Dota. Meta Dota. Speaking of Dota, we need to play. <laughs> yeah, I we we do. 
because we we promised yeah we are got, you wearing your discord shirt though we i'm not right now but we got we gotta wear yeah we gotta wear discord shirts and uh play dota that's for That'd sure fun. <laughs> well um for those who are joining us now or uh later thanks for tuning in for today's episode and live stream uh samuel any final words to the listeners or audience or whoever's gonna hear this later Oh yeah, just keep tuning in with Steph. You know, just join, <laughs> just join him on on this journey because you know it certainly isn't uh, the easiest thing to do. Just reading the Bible, like it'll, it'll help him out a lot more knowing that other people are listening. Um, in my opinion, because I know how extroverted Steph is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's actually like you you nailed it. You you know me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's always encouraging. Uh, I'm I'm really thankful for my two biggest fans who always watch and tune in. Uh, my mother and my wife <laughs> they always come it's super encouraging when they do so yeah thanks for tuning in and um, I'll be back on Friday and we're gonna continue reading Exodus it's gonna be good to read through uh, and read about yeah what happens now right the crossing the Red Sea and, and the Israelites walking through the wilderness and all the good stuff that's it for today hope you have a fantastic rest of the week and I'll see you guys in next or this coming Friday. All right. Bye bye. <laughs>